When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Today I'm joined by record sports writer Gary Ralston. On the pod today we pour over the weekend's game against Hearts, look ahead to what is now looking like a big pressure game away to Ross County on Sunday, assess the club's transfer moves and look at the form of those who have departed and ask what is a realistic target for the season. Gary, obviously you predicted in the pod last week that the game would be a draw. Uh, you said 2-2, but you weren't far off and you get you got it right, it was a draw. How do you react to that result? I think from a, a Rangers point of view, you react with huge disappointment. It's uh, It appears to be a curious case of history repeating itself because Rangers were similarly um, unconvincing at the start of last season. And we know we all know how that turned out. Um, I've said before that I think it was... I don't think anybody really expects Rangers to... Um, to win the title this season however I think the very le- very least the board and the fans should expect is that they um, they push Celtic a whole lot closer than they did last season um, but at the moment it looks as if Celtic and Aberdeen and with respect to St Johnson up there too but they're the ones who are setting the pace and Rangers are toiling. Do we have to get real or are we a little bit out of sync with reality when we talk about Rangers catching Celtic or even near Celtic shouldn't we be talking more about Aberdeen because it looks like once again as you say they're they're just striding ahead nine points in three games well, listen I, I take that and I, I watched Aberdeen at the at, at the weekend they didn't play well but they managed to they, they didn't play as well as they as they as they can but they still managed to record a victory which is something that Rangers can't do no listen I think that the um, expectation levels that have been placed on Rangers this season are completely and utterly valid I think they've spent somewhere in the region of there's been an, a, an investment in the region of about 8 to 10 million pounds in that squad uh, they brought in Kashinia in March specifically so that they could give them the last a couple of months of the season just to analyse the players that were there um, so he's not coming at this um, uh, fresh faced shall we say in the in the new season so uh, he was he has been there long enough to have a look around the squad uh, and quite frankly he's got to start delivering uh, delivering results they're not there just now and they really should be so I think um, uh, you know cutting cutting the manager some, some sympathy no not at all given the investment that has been made there um, by the board um, and given the, 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 the way that they moved to bring him in at the tail end of last season, he should be doing better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there were some questionable tactical things in the game that I thought stood out. I mean, in the second half, and it, it was clear that Hearts were going to be sitting deep and really being stuffy and not allowing Rangers any space. He brought on um, Ryan Hardy, which seemed like it was out of nowhere. You know, he spent big money on Herrera. He chucked on Hardy alongside Morelos up front and then moved Kenny Kenny Miller left. And once again it's Kenny Miller's having to pick up the pick up the pieces in that squad and fill into positions where he's not naturally 
orientated and, and it looked once again in the game that he was a player that had been shuffled out of position it just felt a bit unfair on Kenny yeah perhaps and he's like um, uh, Kenny's, a, a, Kenny's a, a strange one because he seems to be put into all different pegs by uh, by Cushinha, you know because he is that dynamic type of player you know he has got an industry and he has got an edge I think it's probably um I think it's probably uh, telling that he's got to do that rather than bring in somebody else that's perhaps got a, a creative spark in the final third he keeps having to turn to uh, he keeps having to turn to Kenny Miller Kenny Miller can't do it on his own um, and indeed I don't think that Kenny Miller has got the the capability or the skill level to become that creative force in the, in the final third to break down a defence. Give him a chance. He's one of the best instinctive finishers around, or has been, um, but I think they're probably asking too much of him. What about in midfield? Obviously, they've got a really good base there. Ryan Jack and Graham Dorans, to me, they're very solid Scottish Premiership players. There's not a problem there. But within a 4-4-2, they're kind of going to be outnumbered in most of the games, because a lot of teams will play three in there, a lot of teams will play five in there, and... I think over the course of the season so far, you're asking a lot of those two lads with the two guys up front in front of them to, to go against a midfield where they're outnumbered. And I think that happened again on on Saturday. Do you think 4-4-2 can work nowadays? I mean, it's a, it's a formation that, that we've seen almost disappear out of Scottish football. Listen, 4-4-2, look, here's, here, here's, here's, a, here's a history lesson. When Scotland played England in November 1872 the first ever international England lined up with a formation that was 1-1-8 Scotland lined up with a formation that was 2-2-6 and the game finished 0-0 so formations we can get baffled in science here the bottom line is good players will win you football matches Stevie May stepped up to the plate at Aberdeen at the weekend because his movement was good enough that he got away from his defenders and he won football matches so whether it's 4-4-2 4-3-3 4-5-1 Three four three, whatever it may well be. If you've got good football players who are motivated and who have got a, a, an aggressive and a, and, a, and a skillful and a technical edge, they'll win you football matches. And do you think Rangers have got enough of those at the moment? I don't think. I don't. I, 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 I don't know that they have, and I, I'm not so sure that the problem is so much in in, in midfield. Well I, well, I certainly think that what they do miss, and I think Windass does it in a good day, but doesn't do it often enough, is they need somebody sometimes that gets beyond the ball. But to get beyond the ball, you need a striker who's willing to drop deep. Um, I suppose that's the, Pena, isn't it? It's supposed uh, to be. The guy that's well, been I, for I, I don't know, and then you're needing, uh, you know, and then you're needing defenders that will, you know, that will follow them and that will allow the midfield to move above, you know. Move beyond them, and you'll, you'll need players um, that will pick out a pass. But then you're talking about those, um, you know, those midfield areas, say uh, the, the middle of the park. Uh, I'm not so sure that Rangers put too much emphasis on their wide players, and I'm not so sure that the delivery from wide areas is, is particularly um, penetrative enough. I think Lee Wallace, in fairness, was, you know, had the best stats in the SPFL Premiership last season in terms of goal assists. But I think, given the way that Rangers play, with so much emphasis on um, getting balls into wide areas, you know, perhaps those sh- those stats should be impressive because. What I can see of Rangers sometimes is in the occasions that they do manage to breach opposition defences, particularly in wide areas, either the delivery delivery into the ball just quite frankly isn't isn't good enough or else the others aren't on the same page and they're not getting the support that they need in the in, in, in the penalty box. What do you make of Candias so far from what you've seen? 
Um, I like him. I think he delivers a fantastic uh, delivers a fantastic set piece. Um, but again, is he the type of guy that can take a, a yearn for the day? I mean, Rangers fans were brought up, and wingers, Rangers fans are brought up, you know, and even going back way back to the days. Goodness, we could go back to the very start again. You know, the the the, the, the Mosey McNeils and the Peter Campbells were, um, you know, were were, were wingers. So um, Rangers have got a tradition of playing wingers. You know, you look at the the Henderson the Hendersons, you look at the Willie Johnsons, you look at the um, you know the Willie Waddles, um, Cooper Loudrop, you know, guys that can take a Take a take a full back on, um, and I yearn for the day not just at Rangers, but I yearn for the day when you see a player getting the ball at his feet and actually tries to use his pace to get past a full back or has got a, do- a drop of the shoulder or who's got a shimmy or, or just something that can get the fans up out his feet and then he can whip over a delicious delivery. I've not seen that enough from Candias yet. Seems to me so much emphasis in the wide areas is put on their defensive duties sometimes. Um, I'd love to see them just being a wee bit bolder sometimes and uh, you know and, and, and maybe imposing the, their game on the uh, on the on, on the opposition fullbacks. Looking ahead to what is now looking like a big pressure game uh, against Ross County at Dingwall on Sunday. Ross County have obviously played three, lost two, won one. They beat Dundee in the first game of the season. How much of a problem do you think they're going to cause Rangers? Huge, huge problems because I don't think Rangers beat Ross County last season, and they were certainly, um, and they were certainly uh, um, convincing opponents against them. It wasn't as if Rangers were particularly unlucky in any of the games that they get. Ross County will pose exactly the same type of problems that Hearts pose Rangers. They'll be well drilled, they'll be well organised, tighter pitch up there at the Victoria Ground, uh, Victoria Park rather. Um, so it's it, it really comes down to whether Rangers have got the um, you know have have, have got the, the the street smarts and have got the match winners that can not just fathom that half chance, but actually have the the, the players that can put it away. One of the big things from the weekend was obviously seeing the players that had left Ibrox. Waghorn, Mackay, Garner, O'Halloran, all these boys have scored at the weekend and I've had good starts to the season. You had John Wark in the paper today talking about he thought it was incredible that Waghorn and Garner had left for such a, what he called, a small amount of money. Does that put extra pressure on Pedro Cascina that these guys are going away and, and scoring goals? No, I, d- I don't think so because he didn't exactly sell them when they were uh, when they were at the top of their, their, their... Look, some players are suited to certain types of clubs, right? Vaghorn had a good first season at Rangers in the Championship where the opposition were opposition were um, it were, were slightly uh, easier than, than they were in the Premiership. He found goals harder to come by in the, in, in the Premiership. Mackay, I felt, went off the ball. He's got the silken touch. He's got the best first touch I've ever seen in Scottish Football, but was he contributing enough at Rangers latterly in terms of assists and goals scored? I think not. Garner, well, you always say that if Garner played up front with a um, with a partner, he could be effective. But Rangers fans saw few, too few glimpses of it. And O'Halloran, I'm afraid Halloran, O'Halloran's move to Rangers just didn't work out. So these guys have dropped a level. Let's let's be honest, they've dropped a level. Um, I don't think any of those players will necessarily come back to haunt. Rangers in in years to come. Yeah, I think it's we tend to talk about the championship because the amount of money that's involved down there and think, oh, it's a really really some of the football is brutal. You know, some of the football is brutal. I don't know what you think, but I watched some championship games um, 
at times, particularly on a Saturday night on, on, on TV. It's a physical game. It's, you know, that, okay, I know that some of the top teams like to play it. Um, you know, like to like to play a foot, bit of football, but there's a lot of percentage football played. A lot of second balls com- competed for and the likes. Um, I think it can be a, quite a fit. And it's a what have you done for me lately, league? I mean, it's 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 the terms of the. The, I don't sometimes wonder where those managers get time to train because it's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, relentless all the way throughout yeah, the season. 42, 46 for, games for, or something. However many, and then you've got the playoffs at the end of it as well. So it's a real brutal environment down there, a really physically demanding um, environment down there as well. Um, you know, and, and, and Ipswich are what Ipswich are. Uh, you know, they've not been challenging to get back into the Premiership for, 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 for years so good on these guys but I think that probably they, they tried to step up in, le- in level in terms of expectation in terms of pressure and they didn't deliver so um, and they weren't always given O'Halloran can say he wasn't given as much of a chance but I'm a great believer that we only see, it's a tip of the iceberg we only see the 5% of it what have these guys been doing in training how have they been preparing what's their attitude been like in and around the club these are huge factors in it as well yeah it's not just I suppose um, their technical quality but also the, the mentality that's Aye, such absolutely. a huge part of being Aye, a Rangers absolutely, player absolutely. having to deal with that and listen that, I, I, the, the degree of sympathy that I have for them and I've just spoken to Charlie Telfer earlier on as well who's now um, reinventing himself in Dutch football is that these guys are playing for Rangers at a really really challenging period in, their t- um, in, in, in the club's history a hugely challenging period and it really needs big characters um, huge characters, and I'm not so sure that these characters were um, were big enough. And and I think that that's something that Kashinya needs, as he needs men to step up now. And um, because sometimes when you play for a club like Rangers, Celtic will be the same as well. Less so Celtic now because they've worked to get to where they are. But at Rangers, it's about the Jock Wallace loved the word, didn't he? Character. But that's sometimes what it is. Sometimes you need to, particularly in Premiership football, you need to um, your will to win has got to be greater in your opposition before you can start talking about four four two and you know quality players and quality moves and so on and so forth. The first 20, 25 minutes of any Premiership game, particularly for Rangers away from home. Have you got the bottle to stand up here? Have you got the bottle to go in in that crunch and tackle, win it fairly and set the tone for the rest of your teammates? That's what Rangers need. Rangers need somebody who'll fly into a tackle from the off on Sunday against Ross County, win the ball, set up a move, maybe even get a goal coming from it just to lift the place. Somebody who will stand up and say, no, listen, I'm up for this challenge. I'm not seeing enough of that from too many Rangers players just now and I haven't seen enough of it from too many of them, quite frankly, for the past two or three years. Yeah, I think it, what you're, from what you're saying, uh, it's very much that the Walter Smith outlook, isn't it? It's as opposed to Kashina, who we consider. I think Keith calls him an academic coach, sophisticant. Uh, yeah, but I think, but see, I think that's very, very unfair on uh, Walter Smith as well, um, because you know I think most listen Rangers fans are no different to any other fans. They want to see their team winning. And I think that what Rangers... Rangers have made a bold appointment in Kashinia, bold in as much as they thought that he was the man that could take them in one step where other managers might take them in two or three. Um, but it's a bit like going through a painful split. You know, you, you can think that you're getting to the, 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 the place where you're going to be, but if you've not gone through the stages and the steps, it's going to come back to bite you in the bum. So I think that... Um, I, I think that... 
time, unfortunately for Kashinia, may well show that the move that Rangers should have made was they should have gone for a coach who's familiar with Scottish football and who's familiar particularly with Scottish players and who could get that Rangers team doing what they really need to do, which is winning. You know, that 0-0 against Hearts would have become 1-0. That 3-2 against Hibs when they were down to 10 men, well, it might have finished 1-1. Um, but what you would have seen is you would have seen a, a, a resolute um, quality and from that resolute quality once you've built the confidence in a team because a team's confidence comes you can take them go-kart racing and bungee jumping and go eight and Aberfoyle whatever you want to do but a team's confident primarily, confidence primarily comes from winning games that's when team bonds are made and Rangers aren't doing enough of it just now Watching the game against Hearts, the one thing that Rangers lacked was a spark. Do you think that the board will give Pedro that extra bit of cash to go out in the time that's left and try and find somebody that can provide that, either on the left or in the second striker role? Or what's, he, what's he going to go out and do? Buy a generator? You know, you say about you say about building a spark. It's not necessarily about building a spark or having players at spark. Look, the players that Kashinia have brought to Rangers, you've got to think, are good players, right? Jack's decent. Doran's is, 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 is a good player. He's got good players at, 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 at the club. Um, Bruno Alves looks a real strong, demonstrative type of centre-half, an assassin that they really needed. You know, So they've got that. But what they really need to start doing is they need to start winning. Because from winning comes the confidence to try that wee pass in the final third that might come off, rather than say, no, I'm not going to try that wee, that wee spark, to use that word, I'm not going to try to because if it doesn't come off, it's now now and we're in 78 minutes, the fans will start moaning at me. So what they really need to do is it's less about spark, I think, and it's just more about having a, a determination and a will to win, to stand up and say, no, you know what, I'm up for this challenge, bring it on, um, I'm here and I'm ready to deliver. He's not getting enough of that just now. Alex McLeish was in the paper saying he felt that Aberdeen were more likely to come second in this season than Rangers always said they were the favourites to come second do you think that second is still a realistic target for Pedro Cascina given where we are three games in do you think it's too early to make judgments of course it's too too early to make those uh, it's too early to make those judgments Um, so I think second is um, and listen I think I don't think the Rangers board will panic. I think that they will give Kashinia until the turn of the year. I think they probably owe him that. He's brought in players, particularly from um, you know, with a, a central and southern American, uh, or sorry, Mexico's North American, isn't it? But he's brought in a, a kind of Latin wave, if you like. And I think, in fairness, those are players that probably need a little time to settle. And if they're going to settle best, they're going to settle best with Kashinia, who is that father figure. Um, for many of them, that's why they've come to the club. So I think they will give him until the the, the, the the turn of the year to prove that he's got what it takes to be this Rangers manager that certainly the selection board thinks that he thought that that, that, that that he could be. But the huge challenge was always going to be the huge challenge for where Rangers are just now, which is why I think that their decision to go down this route of getting managers who weren't schooled in Scottish football has been such a risk. The, the, the huge challenge for him is that he's had to make so many changes because Warburton's players weren't deemed good enough for the Premiership so he's had to come in and make 10 or 12 changes and bring in players who are new to a Scottish environment And that's the advantage Aberdeen have because they've brought in Stuart, Mackay, Stephen Stevie May, all players who have got a real track record in Scottish football hit the ground running 
Whereas, like you on. say, you've got the Latin lads. But you're spot on. But most importantly, Aberdeen kept Derek McInnes. You know, who's a shrewd. You know, listen. If there's a criticism that you could have of Derek at Aberdeen, is that I don't think he's possibly um, bloodied as many young players from the club's academy. That may not be his fault, of course, they may not be there, but possibly, and I know Derek might bristle at that, and I think that, you know, he'll probably have, have, have one or two coming through the boy right, for example, but he's probably not done enough of that. However, where he has absolutely excelled is his, his recruitment has been utterly first class. Stevie May's just the just just the latest example of that. The boy Greg Stewart, I think, will be inspired. The boy Maynard from NK Dons, he looks the part as well. Um, Mackay Stephen is you know had the off game, but he'll 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 turn it on for them. So someone's going forward, isn't they? But crucially as well, they've got players who are in and around and who know the Scottish game, and they have a manager who knows the Scottish game. So I think that when you're bringing in a new manager. And you're asking him to make so many changes to his squad, it's going to be difficult. But I still think that the money that's been invested, Rangers should be doing better. Finally, just a couple of other points, a couple of stories that have been in the paper. I just wanted to get your take on the first one is the covering of the iconic staircases in the main stand. Um, you got any insight on into that? What's going on there? I don't think they look particularly good, but let me tell you that I thought that um, putting those two staircases at the side of that uh, main, magnificent main stand in 1991 was akin to you know painting a moustache in the Mona Lisa. Anyway, plastic, you know cheap-looking things at either side of it. Um, I don't understand why there's such a fondness for the, uh, you know, such a fondness for it. Um, and these banners, you know, a couple of strong gusts and, you know, a wind in the, in the, in the winter. There's a lack of permanence there, and it's not the only thing you can say that about it. it, it or it, there appears to be the lack of permanence there, and it's not the only thing that you can, that you can say that for, unfortunately. It ranges over the last day, uh, over the last couple of seasons. I think it's an error, but an error, but it's not exactly, you know, covering up a, you know, in my opinion anyway, an iconic piece of that stadium. And um, what about the standing section? That seems to be one that the fans are quite passionate about at the moment. We saw a banner there at the weekend talking about getting the, the Union Bears who provide the great acoustics to, to Ibrox and getting them a standing section that's akin to the um, the Green Brigade. Yeah, and but I think it's it's worth important. It's worth remembering as well that the Celtic standing session at the stage, I believe, is only a trial. So um, you know, so Celtic were you know the first in Britain, and, and 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 that's effectively a trial. So I think the calls for that are premature because I think there will be an assessment once the Celtic's trial period ends, whether it's the end of, end of this season before the before the the authorities in general decide if it is something that um, something going forward that they. Uh, that they want to look at. The one thing I would say is that a standing section, um, maybe behind the Brimlin stand, it, it beggars belief for me, particularly in the aftermath of the, the 5-1 victory last season, and particularly given how uh, well Celtic have been playing at Ibrox, it still staggers me that uh, yet we've not heard more from Rangers saying to Celtic, you know, you know what, we'll stick you in the corner. There's two reasons that I, that I say that that should be done. That one, Rangers fans can't enjoy seeing their, their 7,500 Celtic fans gloating. Um, secondly, there's a spectacle of a, a whole stand of um, Celtic fans behind a Rangers goalkeeper. Um, you know, you wonder what that does for the, you know, for the confidence of the, uh, the confidence of the, uh, the keeper. And um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Kashinia is making representations behind the scenes to maybe say, look, can we not get Rangers fans in there? Let's get 
Um, I know there's reciprocal agreements, but let's get you know 46, 47,000 Rangers fans inside Ibrox for an old game, old firm game, as opposed to you know handing a, a fair chunk, particularly that that is visible. To, um, to, to to Celtic fans and I don't think that you would get many Rangers fans who would be um, critical of the if the club went, were to make that move and because they'd be worried about losing their place at Celtic Park because I think that where the Rangers fans are positioned at Celtic Park they're, they're up and they're out of the you know the view of the, 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 the TV gantries for the most part anyway and I know a lot of them don't like the view that they've got the, the, the pitch up there understandably given some of the results there in recent seasons but I think that um, I, I, I think that that's something that that Rangers might actually I know that it's a discussion amongst fans and I just wonder how much it's been discussed behind the scenes there as well Okay, Gary, uh, thanks very much for joining me. No worries, thanks, sir. That's it for this episode. If you want to get our podcasts as soon as they go online, please subscribe at iTunes, Audio Boom, or any other good podcasting platform. If you like the pods, don't forget to rate them at iTunes, which means more people get the chance to enjoy them in the future. For all the up-to-the-minute news as it happens, and for further links to these and other record podcasts, like Record Sport on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, or visit us at thedailyrecord.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Through your crystal dreams Hanging on the edge of desire